Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. The, the simulcast that is taking the soccer world by storm. We are here where all podcasts are available. You can see the video component on my YouTube, Max Bretos. Go to the Soccer OG podcast for all of those. Many of you have, and we appreciate it. Make sure you check out my social media handles. We are on uh, Twitter, Max Bretos Sports. We're on Instagram, in M Bretos. We are on TikTok, Max Bretos. There's nothing uniform. I like to keep you on your toes, and of course, here on YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. Do want to give a very special thanks to uh, our key sponsor, Farmer John. We'll be hearing throughout this World Cup, and we appreciate this report. It goes a long way in me doing this. This is a huge undertaking, I know. We're ready to rock. We have a lot to get to, so I'm going to get right into it. Again, the premise of this show is to give you as much information, no dilly-dallying. I'm not going to be on here for an hour. We're going to get you that information. We have some great guests coming up here later this week, so uh, we're, we're, we're trying to balance it. But starting tomorrow, it's four games a day. We had three games today, uh, it being the Monday, and featuring, yes, the return of the United States to the World Cup as they take on Wales. Game ended 1-1, Tim Weah scoring in the 36th minute, Gareth Bale getting a penalty after a, not a great challenge from Walker Zimmerman. First half of the game, the United States, one of the best halves I have seen them play uh, in a long time. They were dominant. Wales were did not want any part of it. Uh, Anthony Robinson in the first half, and I was arguing with some people on some threads because they're criticizing his crossing. Crossing's not a strong point. But that first 45 minutes, I thought, was one of the best American performances by a player that I can recollect in the last 10 years. Anthony Robinson set the tempo for the U.S. He is phenomenal. If he could get a cross in, ah, but he didn't. Halftime, this is where we get into, I'll get into as many themes as possible, and we will preview the games uh, coming up here shortly as well for tomorrow, including Lionel Messi. Halftime, Wales came out. They had to respond. And they, uh, Rob Page made some adjustments and they worked and the U.S. didn't adjust back to that and the Welsh were able to get the equalizer. They came pretty close to perhaps getting a, a goal. Kiefer Moore came in and really changed that game in that second half. Big six foot five striker. He engaged the center backs and he created some space for the runners, including Bale and Brennan Johnson who came in. They were all, they were all getting theirs in an exhausting game. Poorly officiated, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so inconsistent with this Qatari referee. I could see a couple times it was the uh, Serginho Dest yellow. He didn't even look at the play. He was looking over here, and then he went, oh, blew the whistle, lectured Serginho Dest for something he did not see. Maybe a referee's assistant gave him a flag, but I didn't see that either. So it was very inconsistent. There were times when he would stop the play for an injured player, and then other times he wouldn't stop the play. It was all over the place. You've got to prepare for this. But uh, it was beyond the pale. I will say I wasn't thrilled with the U.S. constantly responding to him, arguing every moment. It's, uh, it's tough. The U.S. were arguing in large part because it was a very physical game. Uh, it was a rugby match out there. Uh, the Welsh uh, taking some liberties on the contact and the U.S. weren't getting the calls. Christian Pulisic was, I mean, he was put through the strainer for the most part. He was hit hard and hard, and they, that was the game plan, and they were able to get away with it. The Welsh know a bit about rugby, by the way. It is a rugby nation. I've been a rugby player my whole life. I love the sport. 
And I was looking forward to when Wales came out and sang their national anthem. And it's been one of the best moments of the World Cup. You know, when they sing, it's this land of our fathers, land of my fathers. I don't know the words, but I know how it goes. That was nice. But they played like a rugby game. I felt like a rugby game for a little bit. That tactic worked. Other countries will probably duplicate it when they face the United States. Christian Pulisic assisting on the uh, Tim Weah goal. It was exemplary. Josh Sargent with the hold-up play. I will add, when we talked about the roster and what Greg Berhalter would do, he had a few guys kind of come in at the, the death. Josh Sargent came in on the September camps, got back in the U.S. fold late, made the roster, started this game. Tim Ream got back into the U.S. camp on the final roster call-up. He started this game. Haji Wright got back. He came on. No sign of Jesus Ferreira. It was Sargent, then Haji Wright. No sign of Aaron Long. Uh, Tim Ream was key. Tim Ream had his problems with Kiefer Moore late, but overall, he, he's already become one of our more important players. So we feel good about Tim Ream. Let's quickly go over, you know, we saw the lineup and the substitutions. Uh, it took a while. Uh, Brendan Aronson in the 66th minute for Weston McKinney. We figured McKinney was on some minutes limit. So he came in there. Haji Wright, DeAndre Yedlin, Kellen Acosta. I loved all those subs. Came in in the 74th minute. And then Jordan Morris came in late. People very upset that no Gio Reyna came in. And I would have liked to have seen Gio Reyna. I would have liked to have seen Gio Reyna come in for Christian Pulisic, who was exhausted me. I thought that was a mistake from Greg. I thought you got to protect Pulisic because he, he was injured. He was holding his ankle. That's the time to bring in Gio Reyna. People are arguing, why would you bring Jordan Morris ahead of Gio Reyna? Those are two different players. So you can, you can forgive Greg if that wasn't the straight switch. You don't just bring in Gio Reyna, play that position. It may not work. I thought you bring Gio Reyna for Christian Pulisic. The good news is you have a fresh Gio Reyna. He said before the game to several U.S. men's national team reporters, I saw it on Jeff Carlisle's uh, Twitter feed, that he was 100%. Uh, remember, the game's on Friday. Game is on Friday against England. Game on Tuesday against Iran. These games are coming in thick and fast, so you need a big roster. Uh, they're going to be facing an England team that has a very big roster. We'll talk about them here in a moment. So I would have liked to have seen Gio Reyna come in. I was okay otherwise with the, with the subs. They, uh, the second half, the adjustments were what the problem was. The midfield disappeared when the Welsh were pushing hard, and I would have liked to maybe seen pack that midfield a little more instead of the three players. Maybe get Christian Pulisic to drop back. Maybe you bring in Gio Reyna and he plays at the top of that midfield. Something. You've got to make an in-game adjustment, especially for the whole half. Wales made their adjustment. You have to make an adjustment. Because they could have, Wales could have won this game. And there was a play at the end, and I'm sure you all saw it. Kellen Acosta and Gareth Bale, LAFC teammates, were very proud of our LAFC players. Four of them have already played in this World Cup. It really is remarkable. Been fantastic to see it. Matt Turner comes off his line. Heads the ball out. It goes a little too far. It's going towards Gareth Bale. Matt Turner is booking back towards the goal. He wouldn't have got back there in time. Gareth Bale sizing it up. He would have hit that. His eyes were like silver dollars. Kellen Acosta comes in and gives him a once-over. Uh, professional foul. Got a yellow card. Such a huge play. Can you imagine we are talking about Gareth Bale winning that game? 
on a midfield 50-yard strike. We'd be in tears. So Kellen Acosta basically scored a goal, in my opinion. And he made that tackle knowing full well it could have put his World Cup in jeopardy. Maybe this crazy ref says it's a dog zoo. I don't know. And you get a red. I think Kellen Acosta thought about that, but he said, I got to do that. And he was right. So the U.S. have a point. Now they look forward to perhaps getting more uh, against England. Now they have to do some scoreboard watching. I would imagine they would hope Iran maybe ties Wales or beats Wales. And then you take your chances with uh, Iran in the final game. Uh, the drop-off you have to worry about. All in all, it's we're okay. Great first 45 minutes, but you got to play 90 minutes. And the U.S. certainly left a lot on their plate. We look forward. It's going to be a very short wait. The England game is going to be one of the biggest games in uh, U.S. Uh, World Cup history. So uh, we'll go. Everyone's still in it. Hats off to the Welsh fans. For the first time, it felt like a World Cup. It felt like a, a World Cup at that game. I also want to say set pieces. We have a set piece coach. It's not happening. It's just not a strength. As long as Christian Pulisic's taking it, that's not his thing. He cannot service the ball in. And what can we do? What can you do here? Christian Pulisic, uh, Gio Reyna and Kellen Acosta, we better at set pieces. But maybe Gio starts in another game. But as long as set pieces are are being taken by Christian Pulisic, they're so non-threatening. And we had a few. Wales, we got to work on the set piece defending. They got some set pieces in the second half and looked dangerous every time. I think this U.S. team will grow into it. Decent result, but my goodness, if they held on to the victory, how different it could have been. Let's take a quick look at what happened in Group B. England and Iran, USA's next opponent. England winning 6-2, absolutely throttled. The, uh, the Persian team, well... I was always worried about them because of the tactics by Carlos Quiros, who took over for Iran very late. And everyone was raving about Iran, and I know they look better than this. I saw Iran play Uruguay, and Iran beat Uruguay, and everyone was going, look at Iran. I watched that game. Uruguay should have thumped them by three goals. It was just one of those weird soccer games Iran won. This one got away. They had possession in the teens. They looked nervous. They had their goalkeeper, Alireza Beranvad, get knocked out early. Horrible way to start the World Cup, but you've got to adjust. There was like 24 minutes of stoppage time. It was Jude Bellingham. I think he's going to be a rock star in this World Cup. Dortmund didn't sell him before the World Cup, and now they want to see the price go up. It's going up. Bukayo Sako, Raheem Sterling scoring. Uh, and then they really pushed it on. Rashford came off and he scored a goal. 89th minute, Jack Grealish, six goals. The big question here is, was England that good or was Iran that bad? I would tend to think England are that good. I thought they really punished Iran for all their shortcomings. Playing negatively and England just throttled them. And I would be very optimistic if I was this English team. And the U.S. have to be concerned heading into that buzzsaw. Because they got to save some players. They got to play with four in the back. So they didn't play with five. I don't know why they would have played with five. I don't know why I said that. Clearly that was on there. But that their center backs looked good enough. Did give up a couple goals. Um, Iran, and uh, we saw this with Qatar. The Middle Eastern teams are just having a horrible showing. And Saudi Arabia play Argentina tomorrow. Uh, 
it's uh, it's really disappointing for this is a Middle Eastern World Cup and this is a great opportunity to build the sport in that part of the world and it's just fallen flat. And obviously, Iran have much more important things on their mind. They didn't sing the national anthem. These guys are being showing some solidarity in what's going on in their country with regards to women's rights. All this Middle Eastern baggage. It's with women and the homosexual community. It's so disheartening. But uh, by the way, Harry Kane did not uh, wear the uh, One World armband. I thought he should have. I really did. Uh, the One Love part of me. He, he should have. He was going to get a yellow card. Take the yellow card. Take the yellow card. What a strong gesture that would have been. Missed opportunity. Harry, uh, Gareth Bale would have done it for Wales. He didn't do it either. So uh, missed opportunity in my estimation. And uh, the Middle Eastern teams just just not ready for this. And that's really disappointing. England really good on set pieces. And one thing I thought about England when I was watching them, we talked about the European calendar, how it went right up to the final days of the World Cup beginning. And all those guys looked like they were in mid-season form, right? So I think that benefited England. Will they maintain that? I would have to think it'd be pretty close. It has to be pretty close. Uh, well done, England. Well done, England. They're definitely one of the favorites. Quick little thought here about Netherlands and Senegal. Even game. Fun to watch. Uh, the Netherlands, we knew they don't have great attacking options. They didn't have a shot on goal until Cody Gakpo scored late. I would be concerned about the scoring options for Netherlands. Memphis Depay did come into the game. But this is them. They, uh, their midfield struggled, figured things out. Defensively, they're solid. Senegal, even without Sadio Mane, are no slouch. The Netherlands were able to uh, apply that pressure, eventually get not one but two goals. And now they're sitting pretty. The European teams are off to a good start. And I, would, I think you'd feel better if you were a Dutch fan, if you had a Robin Van Persie or an Arjen Robin or a Wesley Snyder type, which they don't have anything close to that. But if the midfield can find it, Gakpo and Bergvine and some of these other guys could get a goal here. I think they're going to be economical with allowing goals. And they've, uh, I mean, they had Vincent Janssen in the starting 11. Netherlands did play with three center backs, so they're going to play to defend. And now we look forward to a Netherlands... Ecuador game, which will be fantastic, and Senegal and African teams, big story, you don't want them to fall flat. Soccer OG World Cup Daily, we're here every day, we have an action-packed show, you can see it on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, you can listen it in your car on the ride home, or ride to work or ride home, we'll be back as we preview tomorrow's games, our first look at Lionel Messi, and our first look at the reigning champs. Tuesday at the World Cup, we see groups C and D. We're going to go in chronological order here, beginning with the early game, which uh, for us out here in California, 2 a.m. kickoff. 2 a.m. kickoff. I was thinking maybe I wake up an hour late, and but, but Argentina might score five goals by then as they take on Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia's got to look at what's happening here and say we this can't. We gotta we gotta raise the standard for this region. But Argentina is one of the favorites. They have, what, 36-game unbeaten streak. They're number three in the world right now. And I'm, I'm going to give you a little something to look for each game that will help you. I hope you enjoy it a little bit more because with Argentina, it's all going to be messy, messy, messy. Everyone's going to go messy, 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 messy. For good reason. He's the best player in the world. 
And he's rejuvenated and he's trying to win that elusive World Cup that he almost had in 2014. Messi is, a, this Argentina team is a sum of its parts. It's not Messi and everyone else. When they almost won the World Cup in 2014, they were kind of like that. But this is an even better version of Argentina. And it's really interesting what Lionel Scaloni, the manager, did. He was a former international player for them. Uh, really well-regarded defensive guy. Played, had a great club career as well. Didn't have any coaching experience. He was the, um, the assistant for Jorge Sampaoli, who was the coach four years ago. And he takes this job. There was a lot of people, obviously, that were uh, uh, less than sure that he was the guy. But he's gotten these guys to buy into it, including, in particular, you know, Messi, who would normally say, that I, I, I do what I have to do. But now he says, this is what you're going to do, and your teammates are going to put you in a good position to succeed. And that's why Argentina has been on this 36 games without defeat. And like we saw when they had their early games against the UAE, they don't, it's like these games aren't even close. One thing to keep an eye on in Argentina and how it operates. Lionel Messi's here. He has two midfielders behind him. It's going to be Rodrigo De Paul, who is always around Messi. He is like a bad smell in a good way. Everywhere Messi takes a step to the right, Rodrigo De Paul. Whether it's on the field, whether it's in the hotel, whether it's in the discotheque, Rodrigo Paul is always within three steps. He is like the security detail. It's hilarious. Just watch. De Paul is bought in. Paredes is bought in. Those guys will get Messi and Angel Di Maria and Lautaro Martinez into positions to score. It really is a system that works. I love it. Argentina, they're going to have to do it back-to-back -back games. That is the big question here. But watch this. Watch what Lionel Scaloni has done because it really is just a magnificent development. I've never, Argentina, you always said Messi will save the day or it's Argentina they'll come through. Even that 2014 team, I mean, they squeak by every game. I don't think there's going to be any squeaking by from Argentina here in Qatar. 8 a.m. Eastern time game, the second game over in Group D, Denmark and Tunisia. Tunisia, another Arab nation. If the Middle Eastern teams don't get results, maybe the Northern African teams will. Denmark is very intriguing. Their manager, Kasper Hulman, said the team came to Qatar to win the World Cup. We can beat everyone on the day, and I believe him. I have Denmark getting to the final. I have them winning this group ahead of the French. Danish managers are on the ascendancy. You have Hulmand and you have Thomas Frank, who's over at Brentford. And of the many great stories at the World Cup, Christian Eriksen, to me, is right behind Lionel Messi as the most intriguing one for the neutrals. Christian Eriksen, we've mentioned it a lot, had to be resuscitated in the Euros. Many people thought we were watching him die that day in the game against Finland. He has come back to play at a level even better than he was prior to the injury. He was playing in the uh, Serie A. He was with Tottenham Hotspur before that. Now he's at Manchester United. He is that guy that can hit the pass everywhere to make Denmark go. And they are a true collective. They are a true collective. Keep an eye on Joachim Mela. Uh, like him as a fullback. And Tunisia, as we've said yesterday, the best African teams didn't make this World Cup. I mean, if you look at the Northern African teams, it goes probably Algeria won, Morocco, Egypt, and then Tunisia. Tunisia beat Mali to get here. They get to the World Cups. They were there four years ago. So this is a good program. The Eagles of Carthage. 
Look, I give you the barbarian horde. Remember Gladiator? And he goes, the legionnaires of Scipius Africanus. Sorry, it's a good movie. Tunisia lost to Brazil in September 5-1. That is what it is. Wabi Khazri, uh, their guy is in his mid-30s. They've made the World Cup in 98, 02, 06, 18, and 22. Never got out of the group. I think Denmark, it's not going to be a blowout, but uh, do get the win. And the big game for them is against the French down the road. Mexico, Poland. Uh, Mexico, great in opening matches. Remember, they, uh, they beat the Germans. They, they always have a good effort in that first game. The question is the fourth game. They don't get to the quinto partido. But they always get to the knockouts. This is one of the biggest games of the tournament. Uh, everyone seems to feel, much like USA-Wales, the winner here, if there is a winner, is going into the round of 16. Uh, most of the people, the, the most feel Argentina wins this group. Saudi Arabia finishes last. Determines who finishes second between Mexico and Poland. Tata wants to play every game. Tata Martino wants to play every game the same way. This is a very old Mexico team. Memo Ochoa, Hector Herrera, Andres Gardado, Hector Moreno all going to play. They have a ton of injuries. Tecatito, Corona, Raul Jimenez isn't 100%. Some of the young players weren't brought in like Santi Jimenez and Diego Lainez. It's a peculiar group. Uh, Tata Martino is a manager who's had a lot of success on the club and World Cup level in the past. you got to have faith in him. I just buy into how Mexico is in the World Cup. And in these kind of games, you know, Poland's going to be intimidated because they know Mexico is a machine in these kind of moments. Uh, they're going to be old. They're going to be heavy-footed. I don't know if they're able to kind of navigate there, but this is going to be a big storyline here. I'm a big fan of all the CONCACAF teams. The numbers say this is very, very tightly contested, much like USA-Wales. Everyone said the, the betters, the data... The analytics said there's nothing separating these two teams. There was nothing separating. This one's going to go down to the wire. Big story for Poland. Robert Lewandowski has never scored a World Cup goal. If he gets his first, good chance Poland's going to win. 34-year-olds need some help from the likes of Zielinski and maybe Karol Swiderski, who plays in MLS, gets a start. Uh, Poland's going to let Mexico play. I think the big key here, it has to be Chucky Lozano. And if whoever starts, is it uh, Henry Martin, if Raul Jimenez gets in there, if it's Funes Mori, whoever plays that center forward has to be involved. Alexis Vega? I like Mexico enough. It's also, I'm not crazy about Poland, and they've not been a big tournament team. Had some success, very little, and not recently. Four years ago, they were awful. Quick word on France-Australia. This might look a bit like the Welsh against the U.S., France has had a long list of injuries. Didier Deschamps has been in charge since 2012. Just think about it. Karim Benzema out a couple days ago. He's already back in France. And Kunku is out. Paul Pogba, Kante, Raphael Varane is dealing with fitness issues. He's trying to get back. Uh, Jules Koundé. But France can absorb these injuries, amazingly. Uh, this is a huge mismatch. I, I, I grew up in Australia, so I pulled for the Australian teams. This is probably the worst Australian team in the last two decades. It's amazing they made it here. That huge upset. Remember Andrew Redmayne looking like one of the uh, Team America World Police in the goal. Uh, got them through on that penalty shootout against Peru. And I think the Australians are going to do a brave effort. That's what they do. 
This is the game I think they, they're not going to win it, but I think they're going to make France a little nervous. And we'll see if France can absorb these injuries because I don't know if it's that easy. I don't know if that's easy. Six Asian teams. Australia certainly plays in the Asian Confederation. Six Asian teams in here. We'll have seen three and four. We'll see the Koreans and the Japanese Asian teams. This is their World Cup. They got to, uh, they got to start getting some results here. I don't think it's going to be Australia, but it will be, uh, it'll, be, it'll be good. We're seeing some great teams tomorrow. We'll see Mexico. We'll see Argentina. We'll see France. Soccer OG World Cup Daily. That's what I do. Four games every day. We are going to give you some information so you are equipped at the water cooler. You're equipped at the, sh at the watch parties. Check me out on my social media handles. We'll be back tomorrow. Every day. Every day, including Thanksgiving.